0: Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today Pastor Jeff is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now here's Pastor Jeff. Hope rising out of the depths of despair. I'm going to tell you that this book that we're studying this morning, the book of 2 Corinthians, which by the way, if you're looking it up in your Bibles, it's in the New Testament, it's about halfway through the New Testament, uh, following the book of uh, Acts, and then Romans, and then 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. So uh, you can look that up and get to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is a very personal letter that Paul wrote to a congregation in the Greek city of Corinth. And and by very personal, you're going to see that he is transparent. He's super open with them. And today's message is also, quite honestly, it's a, it's a personal message for me as well. If you've been around Crosswalk uh, for any amount of time, you've heard me say from this stage that, that I have gone through a period of darkness and depression and despair in my life and, and not Garden Variety Depression and Despair, but clinical depression in my late 30s and early 40s. And so we, we are a church that understands that life has its not-so-pretty moments and that sometimes in life there is going to be, even for the Christian, periods of darkness and despair. And that's what today's message is about, is when we're going through those times in life where it's not all unicorns and rainbows, uh, and if anything, the opposite, what's God got for us? What does God in his love want us to know? Uh, What gifts does he have to bring us and pull us through those times where we may not feel like we can put one foot in front of another. Because what happens when we get depressed is we lose sight of all hope. And when you lose sight of all hope, that not only, it's not just the darkness that descends on you, but from experience, I can tell you that you also lose your will. You lose your energy. You lose, you, so often people who are going through the darkness of true loss of hope and despair are gonna struggle to even get up and get out of bed in the morning. And one of the things that we have to understand about this is Christians go through this too and that's because depression is not something that can solely be solved in the spiritual realm. And I think it's important to say that. When Jesus said the first great commandment, he really gave us insight into who we are as human beings. And I don't know if you recall the the first great commandment when, when Jesus was asked to summarize the law. He said, well, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, which means you and I, we are emotional beings. With all your mind, which means that you and I, as humans, we are rational and intellectual beings. With all your soul, which means we are what? Help me out. Spiritual beings. And with all our strength, we love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is your physical being. So God wants us to put all of ourselves into loving him, but take that hint and understand that in the realm of despair and depression, there are actually four different areas or dimensions of you as a human being that can affect despair. And it's important to say that because so often people think that if I just had more faith, if I just was a better Christian, if I just got my spiritual house in order, I wouldn't experience any darkness or despair or depression. And what we're going to learn this morning is even great men of God like the Apostle Paul, who... who trusted God in the midst of their faith and their trust and their looking to God uh, for his love and forgiveness and faithfulness went through dark periods and not just Paul alone. We'll talk about some other people in the Bible who went through dark periods of despair in the midst of still clinging to God in faith. And so I want to start today's message very personally to you as someone who's gone through a period of despair in my life, dark enough and deep enough to where I needed treatment and counseling to say to you, if you are there today or if you've been there recently or if you feel like you're about to hit that wall, please don't isolate yourself. Talk to someone because it's more complicated than you may realize, there could be on the physical level things going on with your brain chemicals that, need, that needs to be addressed on a physical level. And you can know God very, very, very well, trust him very, very, very much, but you still may need to de- be dealing with your depression and your despair on a physical level. And the same is true about the emotional dimension of you, and the same is true about the rational. This is why we go to counselors, right? To deal with the rational level, to say maybe some of the ways I think are not the healthiest. And and counselors who are trained, psychologists who know this, are able to hear and listen to our thoughts on a rational level and and simply say things like, well, what if you thought about it this way? And so the best way to deal with despair out of the gate is to realize I need to talk to someone and I, and I need to realize that it may be a little bit more complicated than I realized that it was. And I may be needing to address it not solely on a spiritual level, but on all four levels. So that's my first encouragement to you. That being said, today's message is going to be a lot about the spiritual level. And that's because... Partially, that's what churches do. We are the ones who address that spiritual level. And partially because if you have the spiritual peace there, it may not resolve all the pain. But it will assure you that even in the midst of your darkness, God has not deserted you or left you all alone. He is, even in the midst of your despair, the light that is in your life and who is walking with you, even if sometimes you can't sense him or feel him or see him there, he is still there because he promises to be there. And that's what Paul experienced. And that's why I found, and I found this ever since I went through my own depression, these passages are so powerful because here on the one hand is a faithful man of God admitting his own dark times in life, but also saying in the midst of that, my comfort was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That if Jesus can go through such a dark time that he is on his knees praying to the Father, Lord, take this cup from me. His sweat is coming out of his body like drops of blood. He's asking his closest disciples and friends to pray, pray him through this. He's crying out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even he is feeling God has forsaken him. and come through that to the resurrection if there is power for that kind of resurrection that goes not just through the depths of despair but through death itself that that god the father could raise his son from death itself that tells you there is always hope there is always light there is always resurrection that you can hope for too. So let's let's dive in and understand this too. You're living in a day and age that is kind of confusing because never in our country's history have things been so prosperous for us. Honestly, the opportunities that we have before us, this is not a perfect country. Go beyond the United States. It is far from a perfect world. But With modern technology, there are unprecedented opportunities. And yet, at the same time that opportunities and the economy is rising, right along with it, despair and depression are rising. Do you know how bad the problem is? In the last five years, the most, I'm going to just give you round numbers, the most people that have died as a result of terrorist acts in a single year is 45,000. Do you hear that? 45,000 people around the world have died in a recent year. That was the highest year. 45,000 from terrorist acts. From depression and suicide, 800,000 have died around the world. That's the world that we live in. And you hear a lot of press about terrorism. But we hear far less press about depression and suicide. Yet, it's 20 times worse. And so, this is a timely message, not only maybe because you're going through something, but also because we're all needed as followers of Jesus Christ, we're needed to bring the hope and the peace and the light that we have into the lives of others and the compassion and the understanding. We, we as Christians are called to bring that into the lives of people who are going through darkness. So let's go back. We're going to go into Second Corinthians. I promised we'd start at chapter four, but I'm going to back up a little bit first and we'll, we'll go to Second Corinthians, same book. But chapter 1, and look at what Paul says here. Uh, Oh, well, let me do the first fill-in. What we face, what we face, increasing indicators of despair in our culture. And what we mean by despair is when you go through a complete loss or absence of hope, which, as I said earlier, will typically uh, lend itself to a loss of energy and willpower. There is nothing worse than to have an extended period in your life where you say, I have no energy even to get out of bed. Look at Paul. 2 Corinthians 1:8-9. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great, what's that word? Pressure far beyond our ability to endure. We were under great pressure. We knew we couldn't handle this pressure. So that we, what? Help me out. Despaired. We, and Paul's using a plural here, meaning it wasn't just him. He and his team were despairing of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. I think this is an area in life where we as Christians can relate to the culture. Because in our culture, whether people are Christians or not Christians, there is compassion and empathy for people who are going through despair and darkness. And even more so, when we hear a a very large number, like 800,000 people a year are losing their lives to despair. I think as Christians, all the more we feel that compassion and that empathy for people who are going through that level of darkness. Here's another statistic for you. In America today, 20 to 25 percent of people are undergoing depression to the point of a, a clinical episode of depression, diagnosed or undiagnosed, which means if you just kind of unobtrusively look around the room. One out of four people, in the, because Christians are under the same effect as everybody else, one out of four in this room are likely going through a period of darkness and despair over things in their life. And there can be so many things that cause this, right? Maybe you have just thrown yourself into uh, an effort at work or invested yourself in your family, your spouse, your children, and all that love and investment is unrequited, you, it, you're, you, you feel like you're getting nothing back, and you keep going, and you invest, and you love, and nothing comes back, and nothing comes back, eventually, you'll probably get to a place of darkness. Maybe you've just gone through a great loss in your life. Maybe you've lost someone or something that you love deeply. And you're dealing with grief and the loss of that. I, when I went through my period of depression, my counselor said to me, um, you've just gone through a loss. And if I were to cut your leg off, Would it take a little time for that wound to heal? Yeah. And so anytime any of us go through a loss, it doesn't have to be the loss of a limb, but the loss of a spouse, the loss of a child, the loss of a parent, the loss of a home, the loss of a job. It's as if someone cut a leg off and it's going to take some time to heal. It, it can be a physical issue. Many people who are under treatment for cancer go through periods of darkness and despair because it affects their physical well-being and their body and their glands, and so the chemicals may go off. There are so many causes, but today's message and what Paul is pointing us to is there is a solution that is a big piece P I E C E, a big piece to finding peace. P E A C E. And this solution that is a big piece of finding peace is Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. Paul had very real despair in his situation, but look what he says next. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Look, let's just admit. We're fragile as human beings, as fragile as a jar of clay. We're easily breakable. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but because our power is from God and not from us, we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We're confused. But because our power is not from us, it's from God. Perplexed but not in despair. We're persecuted. People are trying to hurt us. But because our power is from God and not from us, we're not, we don't feel abandoned. We're struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus meaning we always we always remember that Jesus went to the point of darkness where he actually died crushed under the weight of our sins bearing our guilt carrying our punishment and it was so dark it was not dark just in Jesus heart and mind literally darkness descended And yet, even in the midst of that, three days later, there he was, by the power of God, risen, alive. And so Paul says, we never forget that. We carry around what happened in the death of Jesus, that great power that even though he died, he rose again. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. He's alive. He's not dead. Darkness did not defeat him. Light won. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our fragile mortal body. So then death is at work in us? It's it's real. I love his transparency here. Yes, I'm going through a dark period, but life is at work in you. Will you write this down? Hope can easily be shaken because we're fragile clay jars. It just can be. You can be up here one moment and then it all comes crashing down much more quickly than you thought it could. And life deals out tough cards. That's what Paul's saying here. Like, I'm trying to carry out God's purpose in my life. Apostle means one sent out by God with the gospel. That's the treasure in jars of clay Paul's talking about here. We're carrying around the message of Jesus Christ in these fragile clay jars. We're doing what God wants. And what's happening? We keep getting these bad hands. And it's confusing, he says. How is it that as a Christian, I'm sincerely trying to do what God wants me to do, and yet... It feels like God's dealing me these tough hands. You've ever played cards where you pick up the cards that were dealt, and you're like, can I throw these all away? They're horrible. That's that's how Paul is feeling. That's how sometimes we feel. I'm tired of the tough hands, God. Why do you keep allowing me to get dealt these tough cards? Christians get tough cards too. And all humans made of clay are fragile. That's important to understand. So how does Paul deal with that? First of all, he admits it. This is how it is. He's real. But then he says, that doesn't mean we don't have hope. That doesn't mean there's not life. That doesn't mean there's not light. In fact, just the opposite. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us. Do you hear that confidence? Will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. We're all together going to be presented to God one day and we can be confident of that. All this, all this trouble, all these bad hands, all this brokenness is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'm going to... I'm going to tell you what Paul is saying in one sentence. He's saying to the Corinthians, Corinthians, you may be at the end of your rope, but you are never and never ever will be at the end of your hope. And I hope you believe that. I hope that if you're sitting here today in darkness, feeling very close to that wall of despair, like you're going to smack into it before this service is over, that you hear loud and clear from Paul, I was near the end of my rope, but I was never near the end of my hope. I hope you hear Paul saying to the Corinthians, you Corinthians, you may feel near the end of your rope, but you are not at the end of your hope because you have Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of life, and he is the Lord of light and he died in deep darkness and rose again on Easter morning into bright light, which he wants to share with you. He is the Savior who says, I have come, John ten ten, to give you life and life to its full. That's your Savior. That's your Lord. And he wants you to know your hope never ends, not as long as you're walking with him. Now, here's the interesting thing. Turn the page. We're going to do a fill-in, then I'm going to tell you something that I think is real important. Let's do the fill-ins. Faith emboldens me. So in the midst of his pain, Paul is like, if I just, if I forget about whatever percentage this pain is, 25% pain, and I I focus on the 75% that is God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's hope, God's power, then I'm emboldened. Grace moves me even in the midst of my pain to gratitude. I find the things that God says, here's how I'm blessing you. And the more bold and the more grateful I become, the more I'm able to live within my purpose. For Paul, it was. The more bold and grateful I become, the more I'm able to continue being an apostle and sharing the gospel with you Corinthians. For you, it might be whatever it needs to be for you. The more bold, the more grateful I become, even in the midst of the darkness, the better mom I can become, the better dad I can become, the better uh, co-worker I can become, the better, the better employee I can become, the better Christian I can become. What is it for you that you're asking the Holy Spirit to help you in the midst of your pain be bold and grateful? And the more bold and grateful you become, the more you're able to live within your purpose. And what is that purpose? doesn't matter what your role in life is. Your purpose is always the same. Use your life to bring glory to God. Use your life to bring glory to God. Now, I want to, in the few minutes that we have left, I want to talk a little bit about false expectations because I think they can do a lot of damage. A lot of times, we already dealt with one false expectation, and that's the false expectation that if I'm a faithful Christian, I won't have dark periods in my life. And I want to remind you what the Apostle Paul said here. I want to remind you of Elijah, who just came from a great victory and then was so exhausted Of how God gave him that victory that he wandered out in the desert and said, I give up, Lord. I can't handle anymore. Take my life. I do not want to be your prophet anymore. None of these people believe. I'm done. That's the great Elijah. I am finished. Not it is finished like Jesus, but I am finished. Think about Moses. How many times leading those children of Israel, he was like, oh, Lord, these people are so frustrating. I don't think I can do another day of this. Right? Think about, think about David. Read through some of his Psalms as king of Israel. He's under attack. He even says, point blank, Lord, this, this is dark. I don't know if I can go on. Think of, think of Job. For Job, it was so bad, so bad, so dark that even his wife comes to him. Do you remember what she says to him? This is not like Job's down, but now Job's wife is getting down because he's down. And she comes to him and says, what are you doing? Just curse God and die. That's a depressed home. And every one of those people are believers. I mean, Job's response is, I can't do that. As much as I might like to, I can't do that because I trust God. David's Psalms are all, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. But, last verse, Jesus is still with me. So do believers go through dark periods of despair? Yes. Second misconception if God delivers me, it means i won't it, it, it'll be all one or all the other. That's a big misconception it, it, It's this idea that it's all or nothing if if i 'm all in despair, god's gone, all or nothing, or if God delivers me, i won't feel any more pain or darkness anymore it'll be that'll be all gone that all or nothing is a big misconception. Just look at what Paul's saying here. He too, like David, like Job, is saying it still feels dark some days. But what do I do when the darkness descends again? I don't give up. I just go back to looking at God and his grace and his love. And if the darkness is caused because of guilt, I think about forgiveness. If the darkness is caused from weakness, I think, well, what, in fact, later in this book, he says, I've got this thorn in the flesh, and it makes me feel weak, and like I can't do the work that God wants me to do and fully glorify him. And So I took it to God in prayer. Time after time after time, I took it to him in prayer. And what was God's answer to me? I'm not taking the thorn away. My grace is sufficient for you. My power God's power is made perfect in your weakness. So, so this is a big one. When God says that he is going to be with us in our darkness and despair, it doesn't mean he's immediately or maybe even for a while going to lift that darkness and despair. He may let you march along in it for a little while. To teach you that even in the midst of your darkness and despair, he is with you. Even when you can't feel he's with you, see he's with you. Even when you're convinced he's not with you, he's with you. And that's what Paul is saying here. Take a look at this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, it's dark. We are wasting away. It's depressing outwardly yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. It's both and, not either or. It's not darkness or light. Sometimes it's darkness and light at the same time. Sometimes it's despair and hope at the same time. It's outwardly one thing and inwardly something else at the same time. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Ultimately, Paul says this is about eternity. And if God chooses not to rescue me until the next life, I know that at that point I'm going to look back and thank him for everything So this is simple. Write this down. But never easy. The the simplicity of it is Jesus is with you. His power is with you. After every death, there is a resurrection. After every period of despair, there is a period of light. That's simple. We can get that. As long as God is with us, we're cool with that. But it's not easy because it's not easy to be in pain and wait for God. It's just not easy. And that's because there are always two stories going on. Outwardly, you may feel like you're wasting away. But inwardly, just like for the Apostle Paul, God is renewing you day by day. And his grace is unfolding for you. And I want you to be persuaded of that and convinced of that. His grace is unfolding inside of you day after day, no matter how dark or light your life might seem right now. Last point I want to make. We increase our own darkness sometimes. And the way we do that is pretty simple. We increase our own darkness and our own despair when we make this life about collecting badges of honor. And usually that's because we haven't quite fully been convinced that our identity is dearly loved child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we feel we need something to bolster our identity. And how do most of us bolster our feeling of self? Through accomplishments. If I'm I'm making these accomplishments, if I'm doing these things, if I'm collecting and accumulating these badges of honor, which we may not, I mean, maybe we're too modest to even hang them on the wall, but they're, they're in here. I'm important, I'm someone, because I did A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z. That's the proof I'm someone, and so we we make life about accumulating badges of honor. Paul says, "Stop, stop that! <laughs> Repent of that! Knock that off! It, you, your identity is based not in, in what you do, but in what I've done." My death and resurrection, my forgiveness, my grace, my promise of life everlasting is what makes you who you are, a dearly loved child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And nothing can shake that or change that. That is who you are in Christ. And so accumulate badges of gratitude throughout your life, not badges of honor. As you look back, don't say to yourself, look, I did that and that and that and that. And that's what makes me important. Instead, look back and go, God did that. And in his love, he did that too. And over there, look, that's what he did. And I am so grateful for what God has done again and again and again in my life accumulate badges of gratitude, not badges of honor. And that's what Paul is saying here. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on our self-built badges of honor, but on what is unseen, on Jesus, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's like when you're hanging a heavy picture at home. If you hang that heavy picture by driving the nail only into the drywall, what you can see is, And then you you take that picture and you go, "Uh, uh," and the nail is in the drywall. What happens to the big heavy picture? Anyone ever done this like me? Comes crashing to the ground, doesn't it? But what if you fix that picture, no matter how heavy it is, on what is unseen, which is what? Help me out. The stud. Now it's going to hang there no matter how heavy it is. Jesus is the stud in more ways than one. (laughs) Hang, like drive your heart, drive your mind, drive your life into him because he will carry you and all the weight you bring. Fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, the author to Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on, help me out, fixing our eyes on Jesus, because he's the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. Paul's Paul's got his life, both and life. It's dark. Sometimes I'm I'm tempted to despair, but I've got God and he's life and he's light. And now we're at the very conclusion. And I'm still going through it sometimes. There's still persecution sometimes and there's there's still dark days sometimes. But what's his conclusion? All this is happening and I want this to be your conclusion. 2 Corinthians 1, 9b. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, on our badges of honor, but on God who raises the dead. It's all about the resurrection. Not badges of honor, not relying on ourselves, but badges of gratitude relying on him and his love and his power. Let's write this down. We cannot always change our circumstances, nor are we always in control of our our emotions because we're weak. But Jesus is strong. And the reason hope rises is because of his shoulders, not mine. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your love and your faithfulness to us. We're grateful for your power and your strength that carries us along when times are dark and when, when we, we almost hit walls or maybe even do hit walls and are, are lying flat on our backs. But you come along and you bring life and light just as you did, Father, for your own son when you raised him from the dead. Lord, I pray for the people in this room who are going through a dark moment of despair in their lives. I pray that they would talk to somebody about that and not isolate themselves or, or put themselves in a corner and, and, and not discuss their feelings with someone. Lord, help them to understand it's complex. And while, while our faith in you is a big piece of possessing peace, it may not be the All the pieces. So help people get to the help they need, Lord. But help all of us understand that the biggest piece to us having life and light is your son, Jesus Christ. Our hope rises on his shoulders, not ours. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Jeff. I'm going to say it again. You you cannot always control the circumstances in your life. Look, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you're going to get dealt some bad hands sometimes. And whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you also can't always control your emotions. Why not? Because you're fragile. You're a clay jar. We're all clay jars. We like to be strong, but ultimately, in order to be strong, we have to... Attach ourselves to him who is strong. We have to let the Holy Spirit drive our lives into Jesus. And if you go out of this room with just one thing today, that unseen Jesus who's in your life and in your heart, he is a stud. And I want you to remember that. And he will keep you strong. And he will hold you up. Let me send you out with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen.